the theme of tonight's talk is curiosity. Um, I just recently started reading a book called Curiosity by a man called Alberto, Alberto Manguel. I first um, heard him being interviewed by Philip Adams on Radio National and um, he sounded like such an erudite, interesting man. I became curious to know more. So I haven't finished his book yet, but I'm well underway. Um, but let's link it with Zen practice. But first of all, in um, this book, um, the author makes some, a lot of classical references to instances of curiosity, so and biblical ones, starting with Eve. Eve was told not to eat the forbidden fruit. Now, if someone tells you not to eat the forbidden fruit, you become very, very curious about it, don't you? So we know the story. She was so curious she couldn't resist taking a bite from the apple with dire consequences. And he makes references to um, other classical stories too, like uh, Pandora's box. All the troubles and suffering of the world were all, all in, embodied and closed up in Pandora's box. And Pandora became very curious about what was in the box and opened it up and all the suffering poured into the world, which we still experience today. And other examples, um, the story of um, Ulysses. Ulysses was on this island and there's this king with magic powers who put all of the winds into a bag, except one wind, which would, one wind which would take Ulysses home. Um, but all the sailors became so curious about what was in the bag, they opened it up and the winds blew everywhere and they were destroyed and blown off target. Um, but his favourite theme is um, Dante's Divine Comedy, which I fell in love with a few years ago and read a number of times. And that he uses Dante's Divine Comedy as the kind of the the theme through the book in terms of his um, Dante's love of curiosity and where it takes him. So as you know, may know from the, from the story, um, Dante goes down into the hell realms, into the inferno with the poet Virgil and they explore all the different types of punishments and so on. And then he arises out of that into um, purgatory and then to heaven. And um, as he transcends up into heaven, um, the author makes a comment, comment that um, that Dante's all of curiosity's all of Dante's curiosity it lends in failure in a sense because he can't describe in words what the end is like. Mm -hmm. So curiosity is a, a wonderful thing, and um, we have um, expressions like curiosity killed the cat. Have. It can lead us in, out of our comfort zone into consequences that we're not aware of. Um, and we've probably all had the experience, if you think back to being a child, you were told not to touch the hot plate, you know, because it will burn you. But you have to touch it, you know, to find out for yourself. Mm -hmm. Then you really learn that it really is hot. Curiosity. It's a human, natural human um, characteristic, and maybe its its opposite is a kind of um, apathy or indifference. 
Now, where this is leading to in terms of Zen practice is that there is a, a well-known um, saying in Zen that the three characteristics of a, a Zen practitioner is great faith, great doubt, and great sincerity. And let's just take them one by one, because in a sense, great doubt is really a synonym, a synonym in a sense, for curiosity, inquiry. So with um, faith, uh, well, let me, let me say what faith is to me as a Zen practitioner, as a Zen teacher. Um, and going back to the beginning of when I first started practice. So I read books about yoga and Zen and Christianity and I'm inquiring about trying to make sense of my life in some kind of way. And I'm attracted to Zen. Like, I'm very attracted to it and I, I don't go after the other different schools. That's, that's the one for me. Now, there must, I don't think of myself as a person of faith, but there must have been faith involved in it, if you look at it. Because I read books and I spoke to teachers that say, if you do this practice, then tr suffering in your life will drop away and there's some kind of joy or love or connectedness or intimacy will come into your life. And talk about it as you will, that's an act of faith. And I think that what is involved in faith is a trust. And trust comes down to trust in other human beings and what they say. You either trust or you don't trust. But faith is not just um, faith in um, religious or spiritual traditions. Um, we commented on it the other night when we were talking about science. You can have a faith in science. You just believe that people have done the experiments and you have a faith that they're telling the truth and it's all accurate and it's not fabricated. Mm -hmm. Or in relationships, um, if you had no faith, you probably wouldn't enter into a relationship with another human being. You'd be so distrustful that you'd be so fearful of being hurt or wounded or manipulated or whatever that you'd never actually take the risk mm -hmm, to find out. So it's not just confined to um, religious doctrines or so on. It's kind of a faith that if people say to you, if you do X, Y, Z, then there's a possibility that this outcome will evolve. In this case, that your transformation, that you, your suffering will be transformed and that you'll bring more joy and equanimity and compassion into your life. I can't get around it. it I suppose it's an act of faith. Now, with faith, you can be, um, to nuance it more, you can, be, um, you can be naive and non-discerning in trusting others or different experiences. Um, and that would get you into a lot of trouble. Um, on the other hand, you could be just so distrustful of everyone and everything and cynical that you don't even take a step forward. They would be the two extremes of it. So faith does have to involve some kind of um, discernment in it. With great doubt, um, it's obviously great doubt, not little doubt. Mm -hmm. um, little doubt is often, it, doubt is one of the hindrances 
that's identified in, in Buddhism as a hindrance to practicing. And um, little doubt is that kind of uh, self-consciousness we were referring to last week where you, um, you, lose, you lose faith in your connectedness to life or you lose faith in yourself personally to be able to carry something through. And um, but great doubt is kind of this great facility of of curiosity, um, of a, a very strong drive towards searching and wanting to resolve something. And if you reflect back on the story of the life of the Buddha, he comes in contact, he goes out of this comfortable existence into witnessing old age sickness and death and a, and a monk and one only assumes that he was driven by great curiosity to understand how come there's suffering in the world. From a Zen perspective, um, not that we can prove it, but from a Zen perspective the Buddha's koan was something like, why is there suffering in the world? Mm -hmm. And so he devotes his life to it and he meditates day after day after day, gives up all of this social status he has to, to sort of uh, dig into this question until he comes to a resolution. That's great curiosity. Mm -hmm. That's an important part of the practice. A lot of, most religions are based just on faith, like just believe what we're telling you. But what is different about Zen, yes, there is a faith, a trust, that if you follow these practices like meditation, something will transform. Um, and we either have faith in that or, or we don't. But it's also countered by this great sense of inquiring spirit, curiosity. The same inquiring spirit that drives science. Mm -hmm. Same thing. And there is, there is good science and there's bad science. Good science is never satisfied with the answer. You know, it it's totally embraces the spirit of searching. And when they find something, they want to search for more, and they want to search for more, and they want to search for more. So a great scientist loves the spirit of searching rather than um, having to find security in answers. Mm -hmm. and cling to something as being right. Poor science is like that. Mm -hmm. um, but all the great scientists, when you think of it like Galileo and Copernicus and Newton and, and Einstein, were people with great curiosity who really wanted to dig into things and go beyond dogma, you know, to actually get come to a deeper resolution, a deeper understanding of life. It's that same spirit that we bring to Zen practice. There's an um, Austrian poet, Rilke, who's often quoted in Zen, um, in a letter to another young artist giving some advice. His advice was to learn to love the questions rather than being vexed by them. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do in Zen practice. That's what comes through in Cohen study, if you ever take it up, you learn to love the questions. And as you 
evolve through Zen practice, in a sense, you 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 your curious mind, your, your sense of um, searching, in a sense, never ends, and you just become the searching. Mm-hmm. You just become the inquiry. It's an ongoing inquiry, and but what changes? And I I can talk from personal experience in this. What changes is that often when we're younger, um, the curiosity and the search is driven by anxiety. Mm -hmm. And that's how I was when I was younger. um, But now, I don't feel like the curiosity of the searching is driven by anxiety. It's just driven more by wonder. I just like finding out about things. Mm -hmm. I'm just interested in knowledge and expanding it. But that's what shifts, and when the anxiety of it drops away, um, then you just become the searching and you love the question. And this is really in the spirit of Zen to put all of these things together. There's great faith, great curiosity, if you want to use that synonym, and great sincerity. Now the flavour of sincerity is hard to define, but um, Sincerity is to do with a kind of authenticity and it's an authenticity and humility around um, acknowledging that you don't know Mm -hmm. and uh, that you haven't got all the answers and you're just trying to be true to what your experience is. You're you're being true to recognising in yourself that there's no resolution to your suffering yet. Mm-hmm. And it's being, being one with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose being insincere is putting on a front in some way, pretending that you're something other than what you are. So to be sincere is to come forth with humility and, and vulnerability um, as to what your experience is in the world. And you put the three of those things together, great faith, great curiosity, great sincerity, and you have um, a great mix, you know, to actually um, practice with. You're not getting caught up in dogma. You're not just getting caught up in, in blind, driv- anxious, driven, searching for this and this and this and this and this, like a headless chook. Mm-hmm. And there's a sense of humility in the way that you approach that, that you don't know, you're not resolved, you're not cooked yet, and um, but you're on the path. That's what the spirit of, of Zen is. So it's, the spirit of Zen is really um, quite consistent with what um, the spirit of, of science is, as we understand it only it's directed in a certain area to actually un- understand our sense of being, um, our sense of existence rather than particular areas of knowledge. 